Hey there. Welcome to episode 3 of ATL in 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Kevin Chenard. In today's episode, we'll talk with friend of the podcast from Twitter, at that NBA girl. We're going to talk about three things. First, the surprise extension for Atlanta point guard Dennis Schroeder. Then we're going to pick our annual award favorites, as well as some long shots for the same awards. And then we'll listen to an audio clip from Mike Budenholzer talking about the relative health of Kyle Korver and Tabo Selfalosha compared to where they were a season ago. Thanks for joining us, and let's get started. here with Twitter's That NBA Girl, at T-H-A-T-M-B-A-G-I-R-L. Uh, yeah, that's hard to spell. Funny so. person on Twitter, Hawks fan, NBA expert, and we're very excited to have you. Hi. <laughs> so glad to be here. Excellent. So, you know, I propose we talk about a few things, but then, of course, you know, things get in the way, and Dennis Schroeder signed a four-year extension. What were your original feelings on seeing that your team is going to keep its point guard for four years in addition to the one that he's already under contract for? Like, I had a roller coaster of emotions. I was feeling happy. I felt surprised, confused, happy again. I I was under the impression that this was going to be like a tester year as a starter for the first time, and it kind of shocked me I have to be honest I'm really confused by it I would love to hear your thoughts well I think you know I I think there are a couple of factors in play here one is that they got a little bit of a discount you know Schroeder gets some stability guy getting the contract done early yeah is it like 15 million a year I believe so I mean the reports were that it's 15.5 million per year going at a flat rate so I I believe that the contract is going to end up being a little bit more cap-friendly as the deal goes further along because as the cap will go up and up, the terms of the deal are going to stay constant over the four years. Yeah, from like a contract standpoint, it sounds like a good deal for the Hawks. Like I'm, I'm happy on that from that point of view, but I, it's sort of hedging your bets a little bit early. Like I love, his game I'm excited to see him go but I was is this was this not like an audition sort of year for him I believe so and and I think that's interesting because you know one of the things that the Hawks could have done is they could have waited they could have kept his cap hold in place because it's you know it's a rookie deal it would not have been a huge cap hold and then you know signed other players with cap space and signed him using the bird rights and sort of signed him at the end and, and use up the cap space before they got to him. Now they've signed him ahead of time, so that's going to eat into their cap space a little bit. But at the same time, the deal was small enough that it really wasn't too big a jump above the cap hold. I think the number I saw was that it was like somewhere around 8 or $9 million above what the cap hold would have been. So it ate into the cap space a little bit, but because it was kind of a you know team-friendly or at least you know team-friendly uh, compared to what it might have been a year from now, 
it's not going to eat into the cap space as much as it would have been. I feel like, I, I mean, it doesn't address any of like the question marks I have about the, the point guard position for this year. I mean, it's pretty shallow waters for point guard right now. It's just two people. <laughs> it's, it's Schroeder and Delaney. I mean, I, I think the Hawks have a lot of faith in Delaney just because, you know, he has a good skill set. He's got a really solid head on his shoulders. He's just all business. You try to ask him questions about anything about basketball, and it just always comes back to, well, you know, and then he just lays out what he wants to do on the basketball court when he's talking about it. I think he's really, really focused, and he's got a, you know, a track record going through Europe of just winning championships. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they really believe – and him, you know, being a good enough player to just play 15 minutes a night and, and uh, you know, not have any slippage from when Schroeder plays. I, I think that when you see the two play, what you'll think about Delaney is he's actually probably a little bit better of a shooter than Schroeder. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> and then, uh, but, you know, maybe not as good. Uh, he's not as rangy on defense as Schroeder. He's not as long, maybe. And, you know, he's not going to have make maybe the same burst to the rim that Dennis has. But, you know, he moves – from what I've seen, he moves his feet really well on defense. And he just – he's just a competitor. It's it's going to be fun to watch Delaney play, I think. Like, I'm just – I was going into this season before some of these sort of major changes were in place, kind of feeling depressed about it all given the play last year. It's not that obviously the Hawks weren't solid and lockdown defense is fun to watch, but it's also, you know, the shooting struggles and everything about the team's identity was sort of stale. And I just feel like so, so much is a question mark this year, but a lot of it is different and it's going to make for a different type of of Hawks that makes me really want to tune in. Like, I'm not really sure how the Dwight thing's going to work out. I don't actually think Dabo is going to sustain, like, that shooting from the preseason. But that's also exciting that he's just able to, like, move around. We can get into that. You know, I like that. I just, I, I think there's a lot of new elements. And, like, the Hawks desperately needed that sort of shift in in identity because last year was a little bit rough. I mean, it's just such a different team. Like, first of all, I'm pumped that Millsap looks like Millsap. Like, he is so skilled. He's so athletic. He's coming off an injury. And, like, I'm just glad to see just in the preseason form. And obviously, like, the preseason doesn't count. But he he looks really – he looks fine to me. Yeah, the first game That's, back, it was yeah. ridiculous. It's like he's doing, you know, footwork like Hakeem Olajuwon, and he racked up, like, seven or eight assists. And it's like, you know – you're supposed to come back gradually, and he just kind of put it all out there in that first game, and it was amazing. He, like, and got near a tr- triple-double in just, like, a half of action. Like, Millsap takes care of the ball, too. Like, that I, – I don't – I'm not wildly, wildly concerned about turnovers. I wonder if, like, the rebound question has been solved completely. I'm not sure. I think it has. I'm, they were, like, fourth or something in the preseason, either fourth or fifth. And it was above 80%, which is like, as a number, that's like a league-leading type number. So, you know, if that keeps up over the regular season, I, I think they'll be fine in that area. That's really exciting because I think it can lead to, like, fast breaks and things like that. I Yeah, it's just a, it's just a really good change. 
I, I think there's some really solid changes from last year. And um, I am like more in like the Mark Stein camp versus like the 538 camp of predictions going into the season. I, I think a team with Millsap, with Dwight, it, they're, they're not going to lose games that, it, that are close unlike last year. There were games that were super close last year. We were either leading going into the last possessions or um, just behind by a couple points, and we just did not have that killer instinct at the end. Not saying that, like, I hate when people say that about Al Al Horford, they're wrong, but we just didn't have that shooting energy at the end of the games, really close games, a couple of them, I think like four or five that were within our reach last year. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a, there's just so many elements that have changed that I think put us in a position to win those close games now. So I, I'm just pumped. I think it's, I, I was not expecting to be excited about the Hawks, but I am. Good. Well, let's, uh, Let's get to the fun part of our podcast. We're going to do some award predictions. Are you ready to try that out? You got it. All right. So I'm thinking that what we can try here is uh, we'll go through the categories and sort of alternate. You'll go first on one, and then I'll go first on the next one. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to let you go first on the first one here. I've got teammate of the year as the first category. So it's going to be the teammate of the year. Um. Okay, so my 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 pick for my favorite to win is actually Isaiah Thomas on the Celtics. Um, I just like I picked him because this is the like the first time the franchise has an All Star in a while, and it was really hard to get Al Horford to Boston. You and I know that he is one of those. Is it's a big loss for the Hawks. Obviously, we filled the gaps where we could, but it's a major deal for the Boston to, to get Al. And I think Isaiah on the teammate level off the court had a lot to do with how the rest of his teammates saw this opportunity. He was pretty outspoken, total leader off the court. And I think he, he just loves those Boston fans. I think his energy is really exciting to his teammates. He has a good coach. They're starting to fill out their role players. It just sets him up well to be a leader for the team, and they're going to win a lot. Um, not not a whole lot more than last season, but it's going to be a, pos- a net positive for that team, and I think he's their leader, and I, it's possible. That's interesting. Yeah, I was going to, uh, to cite the Horford signing in one of my later awards. So who <laughs> did you have as your long shot for teammate of the year? So this is what, I, in my dream world, I would want to happen is – well, the NBA is about the game, but it's also about the narratives. And I would love to see a Russell Westbrook win for this one. Just coming off like such a strange summer end of relationship with Kevin Durant. I am hedging my bets that it was not fun to be a Thunder during all of the trade talks. And then KD leaving and like Russell being in the spotlight and like, I'm just ready for like his entire team. And I don't even know how the points sort of add up for this award. Like I never looked into it, but I, if I'm on Russell's team and I'm hearing how he's handling this in the media and I'm seeing the on court, you know, I don't obviously don't know how it's going to go throughout the seasons and ebbs and flows, but 
I would love it to be Russell Westbrook because I'm petty and the NBA <laughs> more than just the game is Ball's life. So that's my pick. That's a fun storyline. That, that would be enjoyable. Okay, so I, for mine, I had Dirk Nowitzki. I think the award, if you look at the history, it usually goes to, like, one of the older guys that's just beloved by his teammates and, you know, kind of goes to, like, the Elton Brand and Vince Carter types mm-hmm. who have been around a while and really gets along well with their teammates. I think, I think that could be Dirk this year. And, and for my long shot, this is a really long shot because, you know, the Hawks just cut him last week. But, <laughs> you know, if Jarrett Jack catches on with somebody once his, you know, once he gets uh, healed up from his Achilles surgery, um, he's just one of those guys that's so popular with his teammates and just seems to know every single person in the league and be liked by every single person in the league. I think he could he could sneak in the back door and win that award if he catches on and has a a good season and, and gets around good teammates. I'm ready. I'm. Re- I think that you're. You've got some safe bets right there. I'm calling out your long shot. I think <laughs> he's not on a roster though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I All right. Trust to win this for the league. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. So now we're going to look at the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award. I've got Al Horford winning that one. He's just. You know, all-around good guy. Everybody seems to like him. He's going to get a whole new wave of press coverage being in a new city. And I could just see him, you know, taking that in a cakewalk. Uh, And for my long shot, again, I think this is a real long shot. Maybe you'll disagree with me. But again, somebody that's not actually in the NBA right now. (laughs) I think it would be really great if the NBA gave it to Rasheed Wallace for all the work that he's doing in Flint trying to you know do things with respect to the water crisis there it'd be a nice sort of you know kiss and make up move for all the years that they gave him too many technicals and too many fines and took all of his money uh <laughs> yeah no i and gave actually, it to their charities rashid gets, sh- gets a shout out for me on this one i don't think he's eligible which is why i he's officially not on my list but he gets a shout out for this one i think it's been like nearly a year since that doctor in Flint gave her press conference and I think it's really really important that he's doing what he's doing and I I, I totally feel you on that shout out to Sheed exactly exactly all right your turn I did not pick a long shot for this one because I think there's only one right answer it's not Al I love Al I think he's going to you know the connection with uh, Boston and Everything that he's gonna, he's going to get out there, it's going to be amazing. But I don't think I think there's only one choice, and this is the only one that I picked one for. Um, it's got to be LeBron. LeBron like is a player when he says like, oh, you know, basketball is bigger than than me. Like I believe him. Like his comeback to to Cleveland, the whole narrative on the court. It just honestly. The stuff that he does off for that community, it almost makes the game like pale in comparison. I think he's really just going above and beyond to help the kids in Ohio. And I I really don't I, I think this one's an easy pick. I, I don't think this one's going to be a difficult one this year. I like that one. Be, you know, for years and years and years, he just, you know, does the right thing. You never hear a peep about mm-hmm. LeBron. You know, he's he's. He's uh, 
you know, he's great in the community. He does a ton of things for Cleveland. Um, and, you know, as an added bonus, I think he's in the upper management of the Players Association now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're about to hammer out a new CBA. And so you're going to have a nice, fat new CBA where everybody gets along and no labor stoppage. You know, he just has a lot, so much power in the league, and he seems to use it the right way. Yeah. Go LeBron on this one. <laughs> He's got my bow. All right. So let's see here. It's your turn to go first, right? So um, okay. Go. We're okay. on rookie of the year, and I think this is a tough one. I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, which rookies are even going to play <laughs> enough to win it. So who do you have here for rookie of the year? So I will confess that I don't know enough about the rookies this year, but I have always hoped for, I've been rooting for him for years, it feels like. Um, I want this one to go to Joel Embiid, if only for the memes and the tweets. Like, I need him to win this award. And um, I, like all of you, I watched that, preseason workout video with his shirt off and I was impressed I was impressed you were too it's okay I I was this is my pick too I'm right there with you I've got Joel Embiid as my pick okay good we don't even have to talk about the long shot honestly let's just move on fair enough okay (laughs) defensive player of the year then this one was really hard you go first okay I've got Kawhi he's he's really the man in San Antonio now and I think you know, if San Antonio has a good season, people are going to realize how much he covered up for the sins of Pau Gasol and David Lee. <laughs> Truly, really tragic defensive players. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have the best defensive player, you know, who can really do anything from the smallest players to the biggest players and guard anybody, and, you know, he's on one of the best teams, and he's covering up for two of the worst defenders. I think that's sort of the, the whole package in terms of winning the award. So is this, would this be three, number three? Uh-oh. You went off script. I have no idea. <laughs> three in a row? Uh, three in a row? Did he, I, I know that he won one. I'm trying to remember if he won two. Did he win this last year? I mean, I'm, I'm I pretty he sure did. he won this. Yeah, I, I don't, I, this would be historic. I think this would be, I don't, I don't think people do that. We yeah. can go I think uh, I'm forgetting because I, I wanted Draymond to win last year. I thought he sort of earned it, and then he didn't. And I think maybe it was Kawhi that won, but I sort of blocked that part out of my memory. No, Kawhi won. Kawhi he deserved won. it. Okay. He, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it, like the Spurs didn't lose a home court game for a really long time last year, and most of it was because of Kawhi, and I don't anticipate um, his efforts diminishing – by any means. So I, he's my safe bet. I still think it's pretty historic. I'm not sure what number it is, but it, it, it's a, it's a good bet. But if you remember, if you recall before all the Anthony Davis injuries last season, he was right there on a trajectory to win it. I, a fully active year from Anthony Davis. I don't know if it can happen, if it's possible, but if it, if it is, he's my dark horse. Anthony uh, Davis, is, that can't be your dark horse. He's like one of the five best players I, in the league. I just don't know if he's going to like actually play or not. Like okay. when I, like I just don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I don't trust his process. Okay, very good. But, I, 
I'll a pick- shout out to Chris Paul, who is also awesome on defense and who gets a lot of hate online, but could sneak in. I think I'll go with Jay Crowder as my, lo- uh, as what we call them, dark horses or long shots. I've already forgotten. You know what? I don't think the NBA is doing this yet, but a few summers ago, they introduced like what they call the hustle stats. So these are like deflections. Um, I don't know. There's like four other categories, uh, defensive categories that that aren't counted in today's sort of sports analytics world, a level beyond what's being measured. Mm-hmm. And Jay Crowder is out of control on those metrics. So the things that we're not really like adding up for players he's doing um he i i love that long shot for 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 jay right there i love it that's a good one all right good yeah and i think you know if the celtics have a a season that's better than what they had last year and you know just more tv games more coverage for being a good team you know things go right i think it could go his way um, I also, I don't know what, where this fits into the award predictions, but okay. um, Tom Thibodeau, I am excited for the defensive like play that we're going to see from the Timberwolves. I, I don't know where it fits in. I don't think anyone on the Wolves are going to win Defensive Player of the Year or, frankly, probably any other awards. But I just I cannot wait to, to, to actually watch a team young enough to execute what Tom is going to try to be doing up there. So that I, it's not really an award, but I, I'm looking forward to it on the defensive end. I agree. And I sort of think their offense will be scary enough, scary in a bad way that, mm-hmm. that their defense will be better just because that's the way they can compete and win games is to just be super great defensively, even with a bad offense. It's kind of a negative turning into a positive. I'm going right. to watch, I, I think I'm going to watch at least like one Minnesota game a week. Like it, it's got to be on everybody's league pass. I agree. All right. It's your turn to go first. I think sixth man. Oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to skip this one just like actual voters did last year when they picked Jamal Crawford. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> does that just, mean you think they'll pick him this year and you'll hate it again? I mean, if defense counts for nothing, sure, we can pick him again. Well, there's a new sixth man this year, a guy who wasn't a sixth man last year, so I'm picking him. I'm going with uh, Zach Randolph. I'm so glad you said that. That was my long shot. I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do with the minutes that he gets, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he, he has an opportunity to, to still contribute. I honestly don't know what to make of the new Memphis Grizzlies, but I, I'm rooting for Zebo. Yeah, it sort of seems like to win that award, you have to score at least like 10 points a game off the bench, which is kind of hard. But if anybody can come off the bench and just kind of score, score, score against bench units, it seems like he could do it. And for my long shot, I'm going with Tabo Cephalosha. I just, I think he's he's a different player than he was last year. I think he's going to be more like he was two years ago, but we'll talk about that a little more later. That's something we, we planned on talking about, so I'm I'm punting on that for now. Okay, I like both your picks. For my most improved player, I'm going to pick two people from the same team, my favorite (laughs) and my long shot. For my favorite, I'm going with uh, Nikola Jokic. He's one of those guys that's, you know, he was already a really good player last year, uh, you know, and he's one of those players that looks great in a box score too. Um, 
you know, gets a lot of points, gets a lot of rebounds, maybe isn't the greatest defender, but that doesn't show up in a box score. And I think, you know, stats are really important for this award, um, as well as six man. You know, the most improved player, they're going to look at numbers and see, did you get much bigger numbers than you did last year? And because he didn't play as much, I think with the increase in playing time, he could get it. And then for my long shot, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Moutier. You know, I think being a rookie point guard was really hard for him last year. And the reason that I think he'll be most improved is that if he's playing with Wilson Chandler and playing with Danilo Gallinari, uh, point guarding with some vets that he didn't have last year will help him a whole bunch. Your turn. Um, jokingly, though, I really need Dwight Howard to win this award. Uh, so if we could make that happen, that would be great. <laughs> I don't think he's going to win this award. I don't think it goes to the Dwight Howard types. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I need him to step up this year uh, on a personal level. But To go I, with that, before you move on, I just want to say that part of the reason I think the Hawks show up so badly in some of these computer models is because they look at the defense he played with Houston. Yeah. And it's like, well, how good are you going to look in Houston when you've got James Harden playing in front of you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? So yeah, you got no. this computer model that says, oh, well, Dwight's doing poorly. Look at all these shots that got to the rim. And it's like, well, yeah, because it was an open gate. So I think, you know, you sort of the story behind the numbers might help yeah. the Hawks. It might have been kind of a deal, and it, it might turn out well for them this year just because he's going to be playing in front of much better perimeter defenders. Yeah, and I I do think I know it's really silly those GM surveys. I know they don't mean anything, but somebody did. I think there was a GM that picked him as the best center, still playing. So I I'm cool with that. I I I'm excited for what he's gonna offer. I don't think it's gonna be like Dwight Howard magic 2.0, but it'll it'll be I think much improved. So. so is Dwight your pick? I'm going to just pick him for just because I, I just want to. And this yep. is your guest, so I'm going to pick him. Is is there a long shot? <laughs> he, he's both my pick and my long shot. Okay, wow. <laughs> All right, now we're getting into the, the heady categories. How about your MVP? So, okay, both, I guess, because I'm not going with a warrior player by default, everything's a long shot. But my safe pick is Kawhi. I think this like he he has yet to like make that leap on the offense side. I think he's gonna shine. He's gonna be solid on defense. He's I, I think he's gonna do everything right. He's my pick. Okay, I'm gonna go with Steph Curry. I know that's boring, um, but he might not get as many three pointers this year. But I think he's gonna get a lot more assists. Uh, Whereas last year, you know, he probably had a lot of hockey assists. He's running pick and roll, roll with Draymond Green, and, and Draymond would get the assist, you know, after catching a pass from Curry and kind of forwarding it to somebody else. I think he's going to get a lot more assists playing the two-man game with Durant. And just his overall offensive game is, is going to be incredible with, with all the talent around him. For my uh, long shot, yeah, I'm going with I, a real long shot. I, I guess. I don't know. I've kind of thought that he was the second-best player in the East a couple of years ago. I think he can get back to that this season. I'm going to go with John Wall, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, if he kind of tops out at like 26 points and 10 rebounds and the Warriors cancel each other out and LeBron takes 15 games off, 
just to kind of rest up for the playoffs. You know, if just everything falls right and Wall comes back healthy and plays incredible defense, and the you know and the Wizards win 50 games, uh, then I guess it could happen. And I'm old enough that I almost said bullets there, which would have been really bad. So I mean, I think you're wrong on both your picks. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Go ahead and say that. I I do not think Steph Curry is going to be – he's not going to be the unanimous MVP. That's just not going to happen this year. And some of that is not based on the play that he's going to execute in the season, but based on the last season. That's just – I do not see that happening. Um, My long shot was Chris Paul. I I like that. He's under the radar, but he's really freaking good every season. Um, I think the Warriors are going to split a little bit so he could come in. I did change this a little bit yesterday watching the Cavs game and seeing LeBron just be so athletic and with his minutes do a lot with his minutes. He just need he doesn't need all the minutes in the world, but what he's doing with them, I think he dunked three times. He was a total leader for the team. It could still be LeBron. I got lost. So are you picking Kawhi or LeBron? I'm picking Kawhi as my number one. I'm picking Chris Paul as my long shot and I'm just shouting out LeBron. I just that's what I'm doing. I'm that's my that's my plan here. Any other players you want to throw in there? <laughs> The Warriors are out of contention for me. Okay. So how about, I think I'm supposed to go first. Coach of the year? I think it's going to be Quinn Snyder. He's on my list. Okay. I, you know, it usually goes to somebody whose team got a lot better. I think the Jazz are going to be a lot better. I think he's a really good coach. I think the Jazz are going to play an exciting version of basketball for the people that actually get to see their games. So he's my favorite, and for my long shot, I'm going to go with Eric Spolstra. I think everybody's going to say the cover is bare. What's that? I love that choice. Yeah, you know, with 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 the the big three gone, you know, he's there with Dragic and Whiteside, and he's got just enough talent to make something out of it, but not enough talent that people are actually thinking that he's supposed to be good. And then when they are good a lot of the credit will go his way. I think he's been a fantastic coach for such a long time, but never got the credit because LeBron was there and Wade was there and Bosch was there. So, okay. I love, I think those are all good ideas. I think there's lots of good ideas for this category. I hear you, I, but just going straight to my long shot shot here, coach Carlisle, can we for one second, give it up for coach Carlisle? Because he keeps taking these terribly uh, underperforming Mavs to the playoffs, and I just cannot imagine what it's like being inside his head, um, talent on the court versus what actually ends up happening. If he can do it again with these Mavs, I'm going to be extremely impressed, and he's my long shot. I, I, I just, I'm rooting for the guy. I can't help myself. That's a really good pick. I remember last year thinking that they were going to have one of the least athletic teams that I'd ever seen with Dirk and Zaza and Wes Matthews coming off surgery. I just thought they were going to be so slow, and teams are just going to run around them and make them look silly, and it never happened, not even close. He's too good to let that happen. I, I And he's like proved that year after year after year. We might as well just give him the damn award. Like, so 
Who's your? That was your long shot. Who's your? That's favorite? my long shot. Um, I I have like a list of 18, 20 good coaches. <laughs> I think it's so funny to watch the NFL and and just the the season start uh, for the NFL and think about all the bad coaching out there, like just recycled bad coaches that are never going to get their team to the next level, and just thinking the total opposite for the NBA. There's just a lot of good coaches. I there's always a lot of good picks. I don't really think this is none of the picks recently have been controversial. They won't, they will continue to make sense. I, this is, this is a, there's not really a bad pick for, for about half the teams in the NBA. Okay. So how about executive of the year? So obviously the move of, of maybe the decade was getting KD to the Warriors totally uncreative what what are your thoughts on that that's fair i think he won it a couple of years ago if i'm not mistaken so we're so you know it may not be the kind of award that they give out to the same person twice so maybe that works against him a little bit i don't know that it's smart i think it's it's a franchise game changer this summer i i i kind of feel like i uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have another good pick. I, what? What's your? Uh, what's your not long shot pick? What's your? It's the same. Pick? It's the same rationale as yours. I'm going with Ainge because he got Horford, and you know, with a five year deal on an older player like that, it's never going to look better than it does in the first year. So, I think he'll get a lot of credit for that signing. And if the Celtics turn out to be good, he he could be the executive of the year. I also okay. So obviously, this is never going to happen. Maybe, maybe someone could make this happen for me. But I think Hinky deserves the Executive of the Year award. I think Joel's going to win that Rookie of the Year. There's going to be some that that's a franchise move, and I think we need to to just keep the trusting the process a little longer. I think people gave up on it too soon, and I'm giving him the award in my heart. I think the Colangelo's would protest. Um, you know, I'm comfortable with this pick. Not, I, not that I disagree with that. I, I think need, it's a good pick. I need to continue to give reason to my trust the process tattoo, and this is how it's going to happen. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Should I ask where? It, it, it's not real, but I wish I, I had one. I do. Next time I'm in Philly. A temporary one, then. Um, Okay. <laughs> I was gonna, I was right gonna pick Dennis Lindsay as my long shot. Uh, you know, if Joe Johnson has a good year, if Boris Diaw has a good year, if George Hill has a good year, I I think people could look his way. All right, now here is sort of the category behind the category because implicitly you're picking a team to go with it. Who do you mm-hmm. like as Finals MVP? Um, so I think it. I honestly think it has to be Curry. Because for I, we still have not seen. I do not think we've seen a legendary Curry Finals performance. I don't know if you agree with that. I don't I, think I it's do happened agree. yet. I don't know if it's the stage, or because defenses get better, or because he's not the biggest most athletic guy. I I think he's you know not tremendously, but I think he's wilted a little bit in the finals compared to his regular season performances. And some of his, you know, early playoff round performances that have been phenomenal. I mean, right. I I think it's time to respect the Curry name, and that is only going to happen if he has a great performance 
in the in the finals. I think it's it's a make it or break it for him this year. I think a lot on the line for his sort of legacy is one of the best, you know, greatest shooters in history of the NBA. So I think all of that sort of makes me pick Steph for this one. And that's my safe pick. And the long shot. Um, If plan A fails, then I think uh, Draymond's going to win. That's a terrible long shot. No, that's fine. I'm just like he's got to get over the whole nut kicking thing. That's that's a narrative he's got to get over, and that's so you true. might as well just do it on the biggest stage in the in NBA season. It's it's going to be hard to win the award if you miss a game. That's true. <laughs> so to go with the Warriors thing, I've picked Durant even more. You're so wrong about this, but it's okay. Well, the thing I like about Durant is like I don't think he's like a super defensive player, but I think when the stage gets big and Everything kind of gets ramped up. He yeah, gets into good. it, and he's yeah. good in the big games defensively. No, so you're I, totally you're right about that. You're a hundred percent right about that. And I think those things end up influencing voters because, you know, whereas stats might help you win regular season awards, I think eyeballs kind of help you win finals MVP awards because everybody's watching. And it's what do you see? Well, do you see the big dunk or see the big block? That type of thing could, could go his way. And and I've got much bigger long shots than you. In fact, I picked two. I want okay. you to tell me which one you think is a longer shot because I think they're both long shots, but for different reasons. Really long shots. Okay, this is kind of silly now. I, I'm kind of afraid to say which one. I feel wrong. like you're embarrassing yourself or about to, but let's hear it. Go ahead. Uh, and these are both kind of bad, but I wanted you to tell me which one you think is a longer shot. So I think San Antonio could make the finals and if they did then kind of you know one one person who might catch the voters eye is patty mills okay <laughs> you know just kind of a combination of speed kind of you know almost like the whole leandro barbosa thing some fast breaks some layups kind of getting the crowd ramped up i don't know that's like one really really long shot and yeah, it's a, big, others, it's a long shot. It's 100%. It's like definition of a long shot. You might well, like my second one better just because of what you said before. But I think maybe this is crazy. I think the Clippers could in some small way, you know, some 2% chance make it to the finals. And if they did, I, I could see Blake Griffin winning it. That would be a, a long shot as well. You're definitionally accurate in these choices. So which one do you think is a longer shot? I think the longer shot is Blake Griffin. All right. I just think that's a real tough, tough road. You don't see the clip. Patty Mills is not a real choice. We're going to move on. (laughs) Okay, moving on. (laughs) All right. So I think one of the reasons that we're both optimistic about the Hawks this season is because Tabo Cephalosha and Kyle Korver are healthy. I'm crying tears of joys. Just so you know, like, I am so happy about this. And I think, you know, I brought this up with Mike Budenholzer the other day and asked him, you know, are they having better preseasons this season because they're healthy? And this is what he said. With, uh, with Tabo and Kyle, they both shot the ball really well in the preseason. How different is this season compared to last season where they had to sort of rehab and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just... 
it is amazing to think about how different you know this last three or four weeks for those two guys are. You just there's times when you're like, God, he, you know, last year he could do a quarter of the first practice or he could do 30, you know, and you're just constantly monitoring them. And you know, going into the season, I remember you know they weren't playing back to backs, and and I think they're both they've both. I think are hard workers. They both had great summers of training and preparation, and you know you can kind of see the fruits of the labor. Um, it, it's a big difference to me. I think this is one of the most exciting developments coming out of the summer for to us. Sort of have a real perimeter threat again. It's just going to open up the floor. I I just I'm I am really glad that Kyle's back, you know, practicing. I think his shooting form is going to improve. I all positives there. And like, okay, I think I did Dabo like shoot like 79% from threes in the preseason. He like made seven out of nine. Crazy That's like correct. That? Are yep. you allowed to swear on this show? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> if you did, I missed it. Okay. I do not think that Dabo Safalosha is going to be a 79% or even close to that shooter from three. Sample size small, obviously. He did hit like seven of his last eight. Something crazy like that. I, I might have that wrong. You probably have the numbers. But I do not think that's going to continue. However, the fact that he can move and jump and his vertical is back and his form is back is like it's just going to be a game changer and i i'm thrilled that both of those guys are getting healthy and can actually and contribute to sort of a different dimension to the hawks than last year i agree and you know for cephalosha you know he's taking a different kind of three-pointer than corver you know he's getting sort of the standstill set your feet get it up there kind of three-pointer yeah. And for him, it's just a matter of, you know, when you're open in the corner, can you make it? And he's looked really good in the preseason. He's looked really good in, in practice. You know, they, sometimes they do the shooting drills where they go head-to-head against a teammate and shoot, you know, five shots from each spot or whatever. And I haven't seen him lose yet. I mean, he always looks really good with that shot. And for Corver, you know, he's just ridiculous. Like, there aren't very many. What do you think about all the criticisms, like, coming along with his age and, and the narrative around Corver and the age thing. I think it's unfair. I mean, I think if you go back to the 60-win season, he was ridiculously good. Like, he was just, you know, a hair off of, like, 50, 50, 90 or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. And then last season, okay, he was hurt at the beginning of the year. And, and you know, the Hawks struggled when he was hurt. And, you know, he even, you know, got to the point where he was just trying to make some long two-pointers just to get his rhythm. But then things got better. When he got better, the team got better. So, like, after the All-Star break, he started making his shots. And the Hawks went, like, 12-4 and four in March, if, if I remember correctly. And, you know, one of the stats that I think that was interesting is that Korver led the Eastern Conference in plus-minus after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. He was only behind Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And then and, and just like having his gravitational pull back on the opposing defenses, like I, I it's going to be amazing. I'm so I'm 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 not sure as far as win shares what that does for us, but I I I'm excited to hear that from from our coach. That's huge. Exactly, and you know at, at other points, you know we when I asked you know Dennis Schroeder about the pick and roll, he's like, you know 
when Corver's on the strong side with us, when we're running the pick and roll, it's really hard for anybody to come and help and, and you know use three defenders to defend the pick and roll instead of two because if you come off Corver, that's a really bad choice. I'm into it. So it's going to be interesting, you know, if those two guys are shooting like they did two years ago, and if Cephalosh is defending like he did two years ago, you know, it, it could be a, a much different team. I there's, think those... so, there's so many question marks about these Hawks. Like, there's so many new elements, like, holy uncertainty about a lot of things. So obviously the preseason isn't going to inform us uh, what's going to happen. I, I, for example, will predict that, you know, our five starters are not going to all be selected as January player of the year. <laughs> I don't see that happening. So a different month then, is that what you're saying? Maybe. <laughs> Probably April. April. Okay. Well, that's good. That means you're getting yeah. ready for the, you're peaking at the right time. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about having like a two year anniversary party in January uh, for, for my players of the month. If you do it in you're, Phillips, you're, you're only going to have two people left. <laughs> the other three have gone elsewhere. Yeah, I will invite my five Hawks friends. Hawks fan friends. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time to to come give us your award favorites and, and, and share your knowledge of the Hawks. Good to talk to you. See you on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks.